Hey, what's up? This is Matt from D-Cracks and you are listening to Le Dummy Room. What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's Dummy Room, episode 139. I'm your host, Nate. This week, I'm joined by Mike Kennerty. Mike is the dude behind some really great records by some really great fucking bands, including Intruder, Copyrights, Mini Meltdowns, uh, and of course, Screeching Weasel. And he also plays in a little band called All American Rejects. What's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling at home. Um, it's cold and, and, and there's <laughs> nothing to do because the world's shut down, but, uh, it's, it's, I, I, I listen to the show often, so stoked to, uh, to get to be on. That's awesome. So how cold does it get in Oklahoma? Um, for right now it's like in the twenties, which I'm sure for you is like nothing, <laughs> but for us, it's <laughs> like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I think it's about. Eh, it's like five, five, ten degrees here. So Oof. it's actually been a really nice winter. Like well, usually January is minus. You know, I don't think we've had any negative temperatures yet. That's good. Yeah, I yeah, I can't even imagine negative. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I should mention that you are also Mutant Pop alumni. Of course, Mr. Crispy was part of the uh, short run CDR series. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I, I listened to it yesterday, actually, and I hadn't listened to it in, in a good 10 years, maybe. And that's, uh, <laughs> and, um, you maybe should have left it at that. <laughs> yeah, so that that you ha- that had to have been your first band, right? Um, Not my first, but my first that like actually did stuff and released things and toured and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you were you still in high school then, though? Uh, yeah. Um, when we did the, by the time we did that CD... I think I'd graduated, but yeah, like our, our three, seven inches, I, I definitely was, I was still in high school when we put those out. So I got a, I got a, I don't know, kind of a fun Mr. Crispy story. I was in um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I was doing merch for the Parasites and they were playing with uh, Mr. T and the Queers. And, um, it's a hell of a at, show. At, yeah, it was. At some point, um, Dr. Frank came over and he had uh, some sort of a tote and I noticed there was a Mr. Crispy sticker on the side, like Whoa. a green one. And I actually have one of those too, but um, there was a green Mr. Crispy sticker. And for whatever reason, we had a short exchange about, about Mr. Crispy. And all I recall is, is him saying something like cool band, something like that. Whoa. And it was like, okay. <laughs> and I, I can't remember if he gave me the sticker or if I came around if I came up with the sticker somewhere else but I still have that Mr. Crispy sticker that's crazy so did you guys play with MTX or something no but we used to anytime they played like anywhere in driving distance we would go see them so like they'd play in Lawrence Kansas or Kansas City or Dallas so 
we'd always go see them. And our singer in particular was like the one brave enough to actually chat them up. So like they would recognize us when we, when we'd come around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. These yeah. fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's funny thinking back, like Joel is probably only like a couple years older than us. If that. <laughs> so did you guys like, were you getting, you said you had to travel a lot for shows, but was there any place in Oklahoma, like a local venue and shit? Yeah. And I mean, there was always something happening. Like it, it would change probably like once a year or something would open and close and, and we'd have some good shows and actually MTX did play one time, but it was later. It was like probably 99 doing the, like, uh, that shame EP tour. Cause I mean, they had the dude from ground round playing bass at that time. And, but, uh, yeah. So there was always something, you know, something and, and shows would come through, but they would definitely more often go through like Lawrence or Dallas so we were always road tripping. So I, I sent you uh sorry for the late night text last night, by the way. Oh, no worries. I was, I was still up. That fucking Descendants poster. We were, Okay, so just before we started recording, we were talking about this Descendants poster. So um, I just had to know, like, I really wanted to see it. And I'm, I'm, you sent me a picture and it's framed and it's hanging. And which is awesome, which is what I would do with it. But I can't help but think like, you have to have like some really cool shit to hang on your walls, like gold records, something like that. <laughs> um, some of your own big shows, but it's very prominent. It's the only thing on that little section of that wall, just that cool Descendants poster. Yeah, I I have lots of nerdy punk stuff like that hanging up, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the record, the gold records and stuff. There, I have some, and they're like. Uh, they're up in this little like cove that's like tucked away. I don't know. That always feels weird. Like displaying that stuff too prominently. I don't know. I'd rather look at a, a descendants poster or a black flag poster every day. <laughs> not that I'm not super proud of those things, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone comes over and they probably, yeah. Like, look at this guy showing <laughs> off again. <laughs> totally. So, but you do have that cool stuff then. That's, that's cool. Like, I, I'm not too up on all American rejects. It's just, I was completely guilty of, you know, grouping you guys in with that, I I guess, mall punk kind of like newfound glories and that kind of stuff, but it's really not like that. And I found that out just a couple days ago. It's just kind of a straight up rock band. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. A a rock band with electric guitars at that point, you know, there was no, there was no divisions. Everyone just lumped anyone popular together. I, my son, who what one of my sons, Eli, he's eleven. I told him you were coming on the show, and he was like, his eyes about popped out of his head, you know. <laughs> and how he how he gauges a band is how many views on YouTube, <laughs> like okay. some of the some of the videos get. And I looked, dude, and yeah, there's some good numbers there, like 150 million. Like that <laughs> is a lot. Yeah, that's wild. So I started watching, dude. I was watching some of your videos, and. I had no idea that you guys made some really, really fucking funny videos. Oh, shit. Yeah, we we always had fun and tried to not make shitty ones, even though making videos is kind of like an annoying grading process. But <laughs> when they turn out cool, it's fun. So whose idea is it usually? Is it the band or do you guys have like an art director coming in? Uh, usually there's like the label will submit treatments from directors and then give us a pile and then whatever we like the most, then we'll talk to the director and kind of work something out and then make it into something. Yeah. Um, I like videos, man. And I, I don't know, like I don't like lyric videos. That's what I don't yeah. like. 
I can't sit there and read the lyrics. I just can't do it. Totally. And it takes me out of the song. Like I want to be able to like think about the song and not be like looking ahead at what the words are, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Which I know lyric sheets are essentially the same thing. But I, even that, like, I usually don't look at a lyric sheet until, like, I know the song some. But that's always just been the way I am. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't usually do the lyric sheet thing because I always, <laughs> it's, it's not until, like, 10 years later when I go back and I look at the lyric sheet and I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I've been <laughs> singing this wrong the whole time. Totally. It's, I always do that. But let me ask you, do you watch, when you watch movies, do you have the captions on ever? No. Oh, dude, that, I hate it. I fucking hate it, man. My wife does it, dude. <laughs> yeah, she'll read along. So anytime there's a movie on or a show or something, she'll be like, could you put the words on? Like, ah, oh, I can't have the words on, you know? I start reading it and it's like, God, I'm trying to watch a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I could take that. <laughs> so I'm curious about a few things about a, a band the size of all American rejects, kind of how things work. So I have a few quick questions. Okay. So um, obviously when you, when a band signs to a major, you know, you put out an album and then the second, you always hear the stories about how the second album is rushed and it's, it, it always sucks because it was too rushed, but there has to be a certain point where the tables kind of turn a little bit. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure once you, yeah, once you get to a certain point, it's, you can do whatever we were. I don't know. We were always successful, but I don't know. We were always sort of the, like, I don't know the band that very few people believed in at things like, like some, we had some people at the label who did very much believe in us and backed us. And, but there was also like, I don't know. We always felt like we had something to prove. Like even when like we'd have, it's, it was always really strange. Like, uh, like there'd be bands who'd have like a big song, and then they'd come out with the next single and like all the radio stations would just automatically play it because they had a single before that was big. But that never happened for us. Like every time the radio stations <laughs> were like, nah. And we'd have to do like this whole, like all these like radio station trips and like do the whole like, ah, uh, like push. And it's such a tedious thing. Um, and so I don't know, we always had that for some, we always had to like kind of fight uphill every time we in. And so I don't know, we never had that kind of carte, carte blanche with anybody. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, like we always just kind of did what we wanted. And I mean, the label, the worst our label ever did to us was like, uh, we need something that's like maybe a stronger single. It was never like, you need to write this kind of song. You need to do this. It was just like, Hey, go back to work, you know? So it wasn't like, it wasn't a push to like get stuff out super fast. It was a push to like, you know, maybe we need more quality, and, and I think like with our second record uh, in particular, it was that little extra like time and like push that they were like, yeah, just keep working. That helped us actually come up with all the songs and up being the big singles and stuff. So I don't know. I don't have a lot of people have a lot of very negative major label stories, but for us, it was never like a horrible thing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just I was just always curious how that works, you know? Like you hear these stories about new bands just getting fucked over. I was just just kind of curious how that worked for you guys. And then as far as like you, when you guys tour, do you guys call the shots on that too or is it like you can do try to go big or you can play smaller places if you want or Oh no, yeah, we, with touring and stuff, it's always just been our own, you know, th- there's no no one dictating anything for that. You know, we, we have a booking agent and they're like, 
uh, you know, we say, Hey, we want to do this kind of tour and yeah, you know, they, they make it happen. And, uh, but these days, I mean, we haven't actually done like a real deal tour in a while. We haven't, we haven't even put out like an, a full length record in like eight years at this point, but we just done like a few EPs and then, you know, we just do like a lot of one-off shows these days or like, like there was a couple of years ago when like Blink was like, do you want to open this tour? I'm like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah. We play 30 minutes a night in a fucking arena. Like, okay, that we'll do that kind of tour. But yeah, we haven't done like a normal tour in a while because we kind of burned ourselves out. Um, I mean, we, we went really hard for pretty much 10 years and like, we're almost never home. So there was like a point where we're like, all right, let's do this smarter, not harder. And that's what we've kind of been doing for the past like eight years. So what's the biggest show you guys have ever played? Oh man, there's been some festivals like overseas that were huge. I think the biggest, I know we've done like Reading and Leeds and we've done a, a few of those big UK ones. Um, there was one show that we played in, I want to say it was Taiwan. That was actually a show that wasn't a festival. Somehow we got on this bill opening for uh, Lincoln Park and it was like a fucking open air stadium. And that was crazy. <laughs> and it was just us, Lincoln Park, and oh, I want to, I forget who the third band was. Maybe it was like Hoobastank. I don't know. It was something <laughs> weird, but it was just us three. And that, that was probably the biggest, just like single show that wasn't a festival. Obviously, you've opened for cool bands, but have you ever, you know, played a show and had like a really cool band open for you? And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. I can't believe these guys are opening for us. Um, you know, when, like at a festival, like if you played a festival and like the fucking Descendants played before you guys, that to me, that would be like, oh, I can't play over that band. You know, anything <laughs> like that? Um, There's been, I feel like when we've had that, those bands are like on like a different stage. And because I can remember like some of those like racing over to like watch like the Dwarves or there was one in Italy where I mean we weren't even that like above us on the bill was like lag wagon and stuff like that. Uh so I don't know. There's there's been a bunch though where I would try to take advantage of like, oh shit, this band's playing. I need to run over there while I can. It's always fun. How did you get interested in in recording and producing? Was that just from, you know, making all American reject records and being in the studio? Or were you interested were you you couldn't have been doing that stuff before, right? You were way too young. Yeah, I never, you know, yeah, I never got into the actual recording stuff until like when, uh, do you remember inboxes? It was like those Pro Tools, like little, like two input interfaces. They came out like in the early 2000s. Um, no, no. So yeah, well, they were like the first thing to where you could like easily record onto a laptop and okay. and then use Pro Tools. And, and when those came out, I got one of those and that's when I started kind of like getting into it and realizing, oh, like. I, I like doing this and I can kind of, I, I see how I can turn, like actually do a full recording and, and make it work without like, you know, having to have a, you know, all the crazy expenditure of a, of a big studio. And so, yeah, I started, I started getting into it like that. And then of course, as that went along, a, acquired all the accoutrement of a studio, but inside my house. How do you get involved with with Ben Weasel then? Because that's really your first producing thing that you did was was the um, 
um, these ones are bitter album. Yeah, I it, which was crazy. It's crazy that that re- that really was the first thing I did, and it was um, <laughs> no he, pressure. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, you were a Screeching Weasel fan at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you heard Mr. Crispy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I at the time Alternative Press that magazine they had like a a feature they would do every so often called idol worship where they'd have like someone in like a currently popular band interview, like someone they worshiped. And, uh, I had some friends who were like the editors at that magazine. And so they like knew what I was into and they were like, Hey, do you want to do this with Ben Weasel? And I was like, fuck yeah. And that was, you know, when he (laughs) like was kind of like not like there wasn't a lot going on and he, you know, it was like all the things about him being a recluse were the, you know, that's what everyone thought about him, you know? And so I was like, well, this may be my only chance to ever actually fucking interact with the guy. Um, so they set that up and like, you know, I tried to do like a good job interviewing him and come up with good questions. And, uh, and just in that conversation, he, you know, I asked him what he was up to musically and he said how, you know, he'd been writing a bunch of songs and he's like, I'll send you some demos and so he sent me some demos and they were just like him strumming guitar and singing and that's all they were and uh so i took a couple (laughs) of those songs and on tour with my laptop i like made like full band arrangements with them like programmed some drums and like just kind of fleshed them out and then i sent those to him and i was like um if you want to he's like if if you'd let me produce a record for you this is the kind of thing I would do. And so I'm just putting that out there. And he was just like, cool, let's do it. And I was like, oh shit. All right, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, uh, yeah. And so he was cool with it. And we just worked on a bunch of songs uh, arrangement wise. And then me and our drummer, Chris, uh, just went out. We had this friend who had a studio they let us use. And we recorded. And I had to like do a crash course in engineering side of things. Cause like I, at that point I knew how to run pro tools, but I was definitely just fucking, uh, I, I, I had no business actually trying to record something. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I was scraping by hoping it would be good. And thankfully our mutual friend, Justin Perkins, <laughs> he was able to, nice. uh, to take that and mix it and make it sound decent. So I, I owe a lot to him for that. <laughs> Started letting freedom ring 
So you you played, of course, in, in Ben's Iron String Quartet. Mm-hmm. You and your drummer, and of course, Dan from Alkaline Trio, right? Yeah. It's so funny because, like, you obviously All American Rejects were going, and Alkaline Trio was very much going. The band was like more relevant than than Ben was at that time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> of course, not for me. I'm a big I'm a big Screeching Weasel fan, so that was a big <laughs> deal. But um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were all just like huge fans of all his stuff. So we were just all super stoked to do it. Well, is he cool with you guys? Like, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, you can control yourself, but I'd be like just fanboying out the whole time. You know? <laughs> no, he was super cool. And you know, I, I, I tried to be cool and not fanboy, but <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of good stories and he'll, he'll tell them. And so it's just like, I just sat back and took him in. It was always awesome. Like hanging out with him and still is of course. So when he brings songs though, like at that point, were you able to eh, bounce ideas off with him or were you just kind of, yeah, okay, Ben, yep. Let's play that that way. Or were you helping in any of that? Yeah. Songwriting stuff. Yeah. That was something I, I kind of went in, like, that was the only, that was the part I probably felt the most confident with about producing stuff was actually being able to offer suggestions and arrangement stuff. And, uh, and I think he wanted that at that point, like he wanted someone who could help and give like an outside perspective. And so, yeah, so we did, we did, you know, work on stuff and, you know, he's a great songwriter, so it's not like things are ever crazy far off, but um, yeah, particularly with that record, um, there's a lot of like, you know, extra like instrumentation and stuff. And, yes. and uh, and so, yeah, he was always very open and, 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 and asks that of me to give my input on those things. And, and so, which is what I love to do. Like, I'm not a guy who I just wants to hit record when I'm recording a band, you know, like I want to be a part of the process and just do whatever I can to help make the songs the best. So what's your favorite song on that record? Me, first day of spring, probably. That's a good oh. one. My favorite is in a bad place. Oh wow, the I, I don't the know. Power I just, that's the power ballads, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like the ultimate movie montage tune. You know, like I just feel like that's the that's the part in the movie where she breaks his heart and he's just fucking driving around crying. <laughs> just I don't know that song, and that's one especially like that I I go back and I listen to now. And I just feel like there was a lot more, maybe not a lot more, but some more outside influence like from you on that kind of a song. It just you doesn't know, seem like it was so like out of character for for him to do, you know? Totally. When he sent that to me, his reference was uh, I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen. That was where he was coming from. So he kind of wanted that. I think he even was the one who suggested having like organ on it. And so... But it was like a, like he he gave it to me and gave me that as the reference, and then it was like, how how am I gonna do this? Like, <laughs> how is this song gonna get built up? And and so it was a process, and uh, you know, figuring out you know 
I just remember a lot of things with the percussion and the drums and that in particular and like getting that just right. So everything just kind of constantly built throughout the song till that one big explosion at the end. And it was, I, I am really proud of the way that one turned out. So I'm glad you like that. Cause that is one I, I don't feel like a lot of people mention. So I'm stoked you dig it. How many shows did you guys play together? Is it just one? Um, I only ever did at that time. I never played any shows with him. I, I got up on stage. He played in LA and did like two shows when I happened to be there. And I got up and played a couple shows or a couple songs with them. And then uh, it wasn't until like two years ago that we did like a Ben Weasel solo show. And I played that. So that's really the only show. What Reggie's I think. Yeah. And um, your buddy Dave played that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm supposed to ask what, what do you think of Dave Klein? Oh, he's a son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Of the worst kind. No, I love that dude. He and I have known each other for like close to 25 years now. And we had lunch today. We're still, we're still buddies. <laughs> love that dude. So what's up, Dave? All right. <laughs> so, so Dave, or uh, Dave, Ben must've been pretty happy. The album did, I mean, I don't know how it sold, but I mean, I think it was, I think a lot of people loved it. Um, the next thing that you work on is, is with him at least, is you do First World Manifesto. Mm-hmm. A fucking masterpiece, dude. Oh, I fucking really? love that record. <laughs> that was not what I thought you were going to say. I love First World. That's like, you know, I'm a huge Screeching Weasel fan. I love the early stuff. And then that, that middle era emo teen punks. Ah, I didn't, not so much for me, you know. But then when, when First World came out, it was like this whole new, like something happened. You know what I mean? Like Ben was ready to go. He was recharged. Songs were great. Production was fucking killer. He had a good band. And um, I don't know, like, was it was it different working on a, an actual Screeching Weasel record than just a Ben Weasel solo record? Was there a little bit more um, pressure um, that you're putting on yourself, you know? No, I feel like I just approached it the same. Um, it's funny because I... When I think about those two records in particular, too, I feel like, to me, These Ones Are Bitter is like, so, okay, when we did These Ones Are Bitter, he had been writing, like, for, he had, like, a few years worth of songs, and we were able to, he he literally handed me, like, almost 30 songs, and was like, pick the 14 best that you like, and so that's what I did for that record, and then when it came time for First World, uh, one, I think he was way more into Riverdale's at that point. And I think he was doing <laughs> yeah. First World because it was like he had a manager at the time that was like, hey, Fat will put out a record. You're doing these shows uh, where you're pretty much playing Weasel stuff. Like, you know, people want it. Do a Weasel record. And so he was like, okay. But I don't think his heart was like super into it at that moment. So a lot of that, it was like he came and he was like, well, you, let's use what's left from These Ones Are Bitter. And he wrote, he wrote more stuff too, but it, it felt a more like a little more like we were just trying to get enough together for a record, you know? So when I listen back to that record, I feel like it's a little disjointed in that respect because of that. Um, hmm. So it's interesting. I, I, I mean, but you know, obviously I don't have, I have a much different perspective and I don't, I, yeah. I don't feel like I've ever really talked to anybody outside of who worked on it, what they thought. Um, so it's interesting, yeah. But I, I feel like it's funny to say because what you said, like he's recharged. I kind of almost feel like it was the opposite. I feel like he was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think he was not into it, but he would have. 
I think if he had his way at that moment and like the way of the world, he wished it worked is that the Riverdales were what everyone loved and he would just do Riverdales. Yeah. Tarantula came out at like that same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had done between these, uh, bitter, he had done, yeah. Tarantula and invasion USA and in a row, which mm-hmm. Tarantula is fucking, that has some great songs on it. Absolutely. But yeah, but I don't know. It it, it turned. I, I I still I like first row. I think there are a lot of really good songs in that. Give me a top three from that album. I can give you mine. Here, let me let me bring it up real quick so I can look at it. But yeah, give me yours. Baby talk, creepy crawl, and dries the desert. Oh how I miss you when I'm so far away. those ballads don't you i do <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like yeah i do but baby talk man that's like my favorite on the record hands down and my, oh. my complaint about the record is and my, hopefully this isn't your fault but <laughs> you got vapid in the band mm-hmm. vapid should have been utilized a little bit more because he's got he's got a great voice but he's got the best backup vocals in the fucking world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, even on, uh, what's the song? Um, oh, man. What did what did Joe do the backups on? 
And I it was think like, it was Creepy you, Crawl. Creepy Crawl, yeah, I'm sorry. But like, no. what do you, I mean, I understand Joe. Joe's great too, but it's like, you got Vapid in the band. <laughs> Just have Vapid do it, you know? Because that's so much more Weasel, you know what I mean? Like, totally. That's what, I mean, I want Vapid on Screeching Weasel records. I don't need him, but when he's there, I kind of want him, you know? No, and and that is, and, and obviously, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan, so I, I want the same things. It was, the thing with that was <laughs> they weren't, like, it wasn't like they'd gotten in a room and practiced a lot on the songs. In fact, we had like a crash course, like, like pre-production two days before we started tracking. And it was just like, you know, I had, it, most of that I had to spend with the drummer, uh, just kind of working out all the parts. And, uh, so it was like when, when Vapid came in, he came in later and just came for like a day or two and he didn't come in with like a lot of stuff prepared, you know? And so that was kind of the thing was it, cause that was when we first started like getting all the comps and mixes together, that was Ben's first thing. It was, he's like, where the fuck is Vapid? And we had to be like, he didn't have anything like we'd be like, you have some backing vocal ideas. And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. okay. And so, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's what it was. was just like, it wasn't, they were, you know, no one was like, I guess I don't want to say not prepared because they all killed it and they all did a great job, but it wasn't like a thing where they rehearsed all the songs for a long time and really like worked on them together as a band. It was kind of like, we all just went in and like knocked it out. And, and I think that was what suffered was that Vapid didn't get a chance to maybe like ruminate on them some and come up with lots of cool Vapid-y things. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so that is, that is something I, 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 I think everyone involved acknowledged and wishes there had been more of, for sure. Baby Talk's got that, that part at the end, that like that breakdown part where Ben's like, Actually, sometimes I don't even think it's Ben. I was going to ask you who it was, but I, I think it is Ben. But his voice gets really kind of grumbly, and he's like, I don't owe you anything, I think he says. It just sounds so fucking cool, but it doesn't even <laughs> sound like Ben hardly. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's only them two who do any kind of, like, lead vocal on the record. So, yeah, it would be Ben. Those two together, with him doing that and doing the ay ay yis and Vapid mm. doing the baby talk, baby talk, it's just fucking great. And it's just like, you hear that? And it's like, this is old school screeching weasel. <laughs> I mean, which, I mean, maybe I don't want that whole record to be like that, but, you know, it just seemed like Vapid could have been doing a little bit more woes on there, you know? No, totally. Uh, I agree. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. When I said that no one else did lead vocal, I forgot Dr. Frank does on Franken Girl. And I liked that. I, yep. That's probably one of my favorite songs on there. That's a good one, dude. I did so what are your top three then? You're looking at it? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Totem Pole has that fucking crazy lead, and I love that. <laughs> um, so who writes see. that stuff? Is that kind of Ben or? Yeah, that was all Ben. I mean, I think he, you know, he writes like in that, in the instance of that one, you know, he wrote it a lot slower and then Drew played it a whole lot faster. Yeah. But Drew yeah, Ben. ben <laughs> Those those weasel leads are all Ben for sure. Okay, I I didn't want to assume it was Drew, but I kind of did assume it was Drew, just because Drew's a hell of a fucking player, dude. And he knocked that out like there's no like there's no comping or like that's a take. I have like I have video of him actually filming that, and he just plays it perfectly. It's fucking crazy. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That I love Frank and Girl. 
uh let's see baby talk is good i i yeah i like totem pole i think that's a really good tune it's tough there's a lot on on here that i like do you remember like this album seemed to be like they were really pushing this fat was I remember mm-hmm. there was like a free download on one of the one of the big music websites and like it just seemed like they had a huge push on this like and I think you know I mean we've heard the story about how they were maybe pushing for Ben to play a little too much <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and we we know how it ended but um yeah I don't know like I was excited for this record I think a lot of people were excited the cover was cool mm-hmm. and it just I didn't to me, it felt like like a total comeback. The songs were so much better than like, you know, teen punks and, and emo and yeah, production. He, I thought was I mean, teen punks was even being done at you know Sonic. It still was. It just didn't sound good, you know. Yeah, it's kind of got a stale sound to it. It's weird. And the songs, eh, they weren't so great, you know. I think Ben get really like concentrated by this point, like you know, really, I mean, not that he ever didn't, but like his, his songwriting, like he really, like he hones in on shit and like is very, you know, self-critical and like really tries hard with his songwriting. And I think that's why, like, even when he writes like a song, that's not great these days, it's like, it's still fucking great, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So is he, does he have everything? Does he bring everything to the studio or are there unfinished songs that he's last minute kind of scrambling to write? No, he's usually, he usually won't even show us a demo until it's pretty much a full song. You know, like there's, yeah, there's never, he's never really presented like a half finished idea, except for like, there was a few things when, with first world, um, when we were like needing some material, he did give me like, he had, I guess over the years had this little like micro cassette recorder where he'd record some like just incomplete ideas. And he gave me a shit ton of those and was like, see if there's anything worth making into a full song. And, and I think that's what all over town came out of. Did you think about the way this is going to end up again? Did you think about it when you made me a little fool?
what were you doing at the time of this record other than producing this record? Were you touring a lot? Um, I think we were recording, Rejects were recording our fourth record. I remember when it came out, I know for sure we were recording because that's when the whole South by thing, and I can remember where I was staying <laughs> when all that happened. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we were in the middle of recording that record. So, so yeah, actually, yeah, we were between records, so we weren't really touring at that point. So obviously, um, South by Southwest happens, and um, the next thing that comes out wasn't very much longer. Like I think it was what, like less than a year later, right? Yeah, it was. It was right after, man, because I feel like we were maybe recorded that because it happened in March or April, and then I feel like we recorded that in August, if I'm remembering right. July, maybe. I think you it can was tell, quick. dude. He is, uh, you know, I mean, you could tell he's definitely bitter about that mm-hmm. <laughs> on those songs, you know? For sure. <laughs> I really wanted to ask you that. Like, what was, you know, from, from First World, what was the mood change between those two? Yeah. You know? I think he was just, yeah, he was dealing with that shit. However, I don't know, he was definitely, you know, fired up. And uh, <laughs> he definitely wanted to prove that he wasn't going to let that end his thing. And so that's why he's like, well, fuck it. I'm moving on. I'm going to put out something else right away. And uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think he was, he was, he was, that maybe inspired him more than anything, to be honest, <laughs> to actually like really keep the band going and, and, and hit it hard again. And, and I, you know, it never hurt. I don't think it ever hurt their shows. And if anything, I think they're like, Started playing bigger venues after that, which is funny. <laughs> I think you're right. They were doing some bigger festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you listen under the bus and it's like, oh man, he's not <laughs> happy with this. So. Yeah. But I was stoked. Like, I mean, I, and I, you know, I loved getting to record Vapid, but then I loved getting to record Zach Damon. I was like, fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and you know, that dude fucking shreds. <laughs> and so it was really fun to watch him just be an awesome guitar player. Were you a big Zoinks fan? Uh, yeah, totally. I got a
for you there last Saturday All I could do was think about your dirty filthy I fucking love Zoinks, dude. I never saw him with Zach. I didn't either. I only saw him with Arnie. Yep. And the first time I saw him, I didn't even know the difference, dude. I didn't even know. <laughs> like, I had no... I mean, it was like, you know, late 90s. Like, I had no idea that Zach wasn't in the band anymore. I mean, I knew there was an Arnie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that there was a three-piece. I just assumed that, you know, Arnie wasn't, wasn't playing. But so I watched him and it was like a few songs and you're kind of like, yeah, that's not, I don't think that's Zach, <laughs> you know, but I mean, Arnie does sound like Zach quite a bit. So yeah, he, I mean, they did some good shit with Arnie. Arnie was great. Like I saw them three or four times and um, yeah, every time they were fucking, they were just killer. That's awesome. Okay. So how do you get hooked up with the copyrights? Um, That was through, um, through Red Scare, because I'd done the direct hit record. Uh, the first there, the first one that I did with them was on Red Scare, and uh, and then I think Toby was like, "You copyrights, what do we gotta do?" <laughs> and I was like, "Nothing, let's do it." And so uh, they, yeah, he put me in touch with them, and uh, yeah, and it was just like instant like hangs with those guys, you know, like they're the coolest, and uh, yeah, we made that record. It was great. So you're a big fan going into that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd had a bunch of their stuff. So I was definitely aware of them for sure. So when you're going into, and same with Intruder, I, you were an Intruder fan before you did the Love and Crimes thing. Yeah, totally. Love and Other Crimes. Okay, so like when you go, before you work with these bands that you already like, do you have like, do you have this certain mentality that you're going to make them sound the same or you're going to try to do something different? Um, I just, I just go by, you know, the songs, uh, you know, whatever they send me, I just listen to it on this per song basis and just see, you know, what it needs and what, what can do something, you know, like occasionally there's some things where, you know, there's something about the band that like, for example, there's this band called red city radio that I've done some records with. And, mm-hmm. um, they're like, when I listened to their records before, um, I'd be like, all right, fucking Garrett, which they're from here. So I, I already knew them before I ever worked with them. But I was like, Garrett, their singer, I was like, fucking slurs so much. And if he would just not fucking slur as much, this would be <laughs> so much better. And then like, they they have these amazing, like multi-part harmonies, but like the way they were recording them, they weren't like. Like, it's like, if they would just do doubles of this, everything would sound so much bigger and night. And there's like a few like production things with them with that. And sometimes their songs were real long and I don't know, like them, I had ideas beforehand, but it wasn't as necessarily like changing anything about who they were. It was just like, I, I can see your strengths and I'm going to try to like bring them out and like subdue the lesser things that I see as, as bad. And so that's, you know, sometimes I have that idea with like, intruder it was really just like oh shit i'm i'm happy to be along for the ride because <laughs> they're fucking great and like their songs don't i mean you know blue he he comes in with those songs pretty well formed and um 
So it's just kind of like little ideas bouncing off and like what things we can improve. And same with, you know, copyrights. It was, yeah, like, like Luke does some weird ass fucking arrangements sometimes. And he and I would sometimes get into arguments where I'm like, dude, the song needs a fucking outro and then not just end. And he's like, nope, no, it's just going to end. And I'm like, motherfucker. (laughs) But, you know, it's just stuff like that where it's, it's all just everyone working towards, you know, making the song the best it can be. And and that's just always my approach is, you know, I'm not going to fuck with something that doesn't need fucking with, you know, like I, I, I definitely don't need to do anything for my own ego. You know, it's like, I'm only just thinking about like, what could make this song a little better. And those things that pop out at me are like the things I'll make a suggestion about. All right. So you do intruder, you know, you do the uh, mini meltdowns thing, which is of course, John Phillip from obsoletes and Limbeck and, how do you know him? Um, first met him touring. Uh, he was in Limbeck and Limbeck, but even before he joined Limbeck, we toured with them a lot with the rejects. And uh, so then when he joined on that, that was, I, you know, did more touring with them and I met him then. And, uh, and then we just always kept in touch cause we've, it's been this small world of where I've ended up working with so many Wisconsin bands for some reason, like direct hit, <laughs> Weasel technically because Ben lives in Madison and uh, Intruder and then he's he's a Milwaukee guy and um, and so we've always just kept in touch and he started you know he's always been a drummer but then he started writing songs and he reached out he did a seven inch and then he reached out to me about recording another one and uh, and so yeah he just came here and like stayed at my house for a week and it was just awesome. It was like just having a friend come and stay and we just recorded that record and then later did the bass with their bass player, Scott. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just a blast. He's just like the coolest dude to hang out with. I love him. So uh, that was fun. And then I ended up actually playing the release show. I played guitar for him. So it was fun. Cool. It was just sort of sprung on me like within the last year or so. And I just remember hearing it and being like, yeah, this is pretty fucking great. And, um, I just, I was happy that he was just, just making music, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I want him to do more and i I need to bug him about that because yeah, that, that, that was a record that like we just did and kind of, I don't know. It did like, I hadn't really heard, like he sent me a couple demos beforehand and we worked on them, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. We just went into it and did it without like too much forethought, I think. And it was great. It just turned out really fun and awesome. And it was just like a great like experience. So I want to do that more. I need to, I need to bug him to write more songs. I didn't know he could sing like that. I didn't know yeah, he had such totally. a cool voice. <laughs> I just knew he was a good drummer, you know? Yeah. And he played, you know, I mean, he, he did all the rhythm guitar stuff and I don't know, I don't know how long he's been playing, but he did a great job on that. And then he had, I had, he had me like play some solos and another buddy of his add some stuff. And it was just a fun, like collaborative thing. What?
course, you you do um, uh, the newest Screeching Weasel record, yes. which was a total surprise. It came out last year, of course, and it was this just an amazing record. Everybody, I mean, even the haters, you know, even the Weasel <laughs> haters out there were like just silenced by this album. How did this album come up? Does Ben like tell you months in advance, like, hey, I got a bunch of songs and we're thinking about it? Or is it just like, let's do it right now? How, what's um, the process like? This one kind of was like a long time in the making. Like they'd kind of started working on some stuff right after we did Baby Fat. And then they tried to record it without me. Like I did it with a different dude. And I guess it didn't end up, didn't end up going all that great. And like, I, I think too, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, it, like the songs together weren't like a cohesive feeling record too. And so I think it just kind of went by the wayside and then, you know, Zach left the band and then Trevor came in. And so it was just like a long time of just stops and starts with recording things. And then at some point, uh, they're like, Ben was like, all right, we got to do a record. And he, he asked me if I'd produce it. And by that point, he'd like accumulate, it's kind of like these ones are bitter. Like we accumulated so many songs and it was like another thing of like, let's just pick the best ones. And so I think that, that, that helped is that it took, you know, a, this big pool of a few years of writing. We're able to just like really cherry pick like the best stuff. And there's, there's more, still more great songs, but like, you know, put together an album that like flows together too. And all the songs complement each other. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. And so then that's how we did it. And, and Trevor, their guitar player, uh, he was like a big help too. Like he became very like, you know, a big force in making it happen and helping with arrangements and, and yeah, it just all came together and all those guys are fucking amazing players and contributed like awesome stuff to it. And it's just, it was a great vibe the whole way through. And it just Ben somehow Ben's voice is like the best it's ever been. Like, I was you know, going to ask recorded- you, how many takes does does Ben need to nail these fucking songs? Because he r- literally has never sounded better than this record. <laughs> I mean, it's not like crazy, you know, it, it depends on the song. But, you know, we usually go like section by section and we'll do like, you know, four or five takes. And then I'll, I'll kind of comp from that. And uh, but he was on. I mean, this shit like it was the quickest we've ever done it, too, for sure. And uh, and I think that even like he was even surprised by how quickly we kind of blew through him. But it was nice because then it made it not so stressful because I like went up to his house to do him. So it was like there was, you know, a time frame <laughs> we had to get done in. But we ended up being able to be pretty casual about it. It was great. Like the first half of this record is great, but the second half is just unbelievable. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I, obviously he sequenced this thing, but it's like, it's 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 all great, but that second half is just nothing but hits. And I don't know, man, like, I've said, and I'll say it again and I'll get messages, but I don't care. This is my third favorite Screeching Weasel album. Fucking A, man. I'm stoked you dig it. It's just, I, I mean, it really is like when you, like, you listen to Settle In, and if you can't, like, say that's one of like the greatest screeching weasel songs something's wrong because it really is like the first time i heard it it's like holy shit track after track it was like i couldn't i was just like amazed like i couldn't stop listening like it's just something special the whole way through 
when you're recording this, like as a fan too, like were there moments when you're hearing these songs or maybe certain songs and you're working on them and you're just like so excited? Like it just seems like th- there's some, there's, some of these songs are so good that you had to have been kind of fanboying out a little bit. Um, I mean, there were some that I definitely, like I felt like Back of Your Head was like, a quintessential like weasel hit to me. I thought that was such a fucking great song. You know I've tried to pacify her. It's funny I don't even like her. Beside a parasitic woman child. Cockeyed animistic girls down wild. Oh yeah, just looking at above you, looking at below. some of the more like aggressive ones on this like brain in a jar that and like crying shame those songs are a little like darker Mm -hmm. sounding and i fucking yeah those are the ones that i was really like stoked on as we were doing it like bleed through me is like the ultimate closing track (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know usually people get older they don't write the songs that they used to be able to write and this guy's writing better songs almost almost better you know and I don't know, it's weird, but I really want to know, God help us, that intro with that that fade-in guitar, mm-hmm. like, that was so different, like, Weasel had never done anything like that before, and I was just like, it's got to be Mike, it's got to be him <laughs> doing, like, it's got to be his idea, because it was just so far off, like, I like it, you know, but it was, it's just not a, you know, it's not a pop-punk thing to do, you know? Yeah, actually, that was, that was a Ben idea. I forget really? what his reference was. I want to say, I forget. He might have said an Alice Cooper thing. There was some like old seventies thing. I feel like he referenced. And he's like, I want to like the guitar to swell. And then I did that. And he was saying that he told me that like when he when I sent it, I guess I didn't do it in the spot he originally heard it. But he thought that the way I did it was weirder and added more tension. So he's like, okay, that works. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> That's but yeah, great. That, that was that was actually his idea. 
so I think we've we've talked about um, the Josie thing. So Josie gets involved. Um, how does that work out? Like, was that just was there another option? No, that Josie? was his first pick. It was uh, yeah. He decided at some point he's like, I, I really want this to be like a duet, and uh, I think he had. She had maybe posted something about the weasel cover of Johnny Ari Queer. And so he's like, I know she's like aware of us. And so I think he just reached out on Facebook and she was down. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, I, dude, I, I, I like totally nerd out with Josie. Like I remember like the first time she liked one of uh, the dummy room Instagram posts. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like, great. I dorked out. I screen capped it and I sent it to a friend, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. like holy shit like because i fucking love josie cotton and I, I you know valley girl was awesome and just her music that album was fucking was perfect and yeah it's just you know how it is so but what <laughs> yeah. a perfect choice like to have yeah. her on this record uh and she killed it like she uh you know, we didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to record her. She did it all like, you know, with, uh, Paul Rosler, which was really cool just to email with that guy. Cause he's like, you know, just like an old LA punk legend. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she just kind of did it all on her own and like came back with, you know, we kind of told her like, you know, these are the, this is the verse we want you to sing. And then, you know, whatever harmonies or anything extra you want to add. And like, she came up with the whole like counter melody in the outro and like when she did the verse, she sang it like Ben had and she's like, but this isn't like optimally for my range. So I did an alternate version and like did a, like a higher one. And then I ended up actually using both and making it a harmony. And I don't know, she just gave me so much shit to work with. And it was all, and it was all great. It was awesome. I like didn't have to really like have her redo anything. It was awesome. Did she come up with the, the woes that she did in there? Yeah. Yeah. That was all her. Okay. I remember when I first heard that, like, I didn't know anything about, like, Ben just sent us the songs. And, like, I heard it, and I was like, that sounds like fucking Josie, you know? And then once she did the whoa thing, I'm like, that's fucking Josie Cotton, you know? <laughs> and um, I texted her, and I said, you're on the new Screeching Weasel record, huh? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I am, you know? And she's like, how, how do you know? And I'm like, because I'm, I'm listening to it right now, you know? I was just like, she was really excited, too, you know? She thought it was just a cool opportunity, but, um, That's like awesome. I just it's crazy that she could sound so good still, you know? Yeah. 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 She killed it. It was yeah. great. And I, I, especially like that counter melody in the outro, like, for me is like, that's what that outro needed. And it was like this perfect thing. that I was like, Oh, that's fucking great. Like I was so stoked about that part in particular, which may be like a, the producer mind, but like, that was like the thing I was like, Oh, I love that. That's great. That like just elevated the song. It's so good. So was that, was that a cool thing this past year? I mean, this past year sucked, you know, <laughs> but I mean, you, you had to have read the, all the praise that that album got, right? Yeah. I was super stoked because yeah, you know, like a lot of people have very mixed feelings about baby fat. <laughs> so oh, it was yeah. nice to do something <laughs> that like did the exact opposite reaction for most people. I did skip over baby fat and that wasn't intentional, but um, how was that? Cause that's a really different record and that's gotta be way more complex with, you know, the different, you know, different vocalists and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, it was definitely logistically a, a tough record and just, yeah, on the technical <laughs> side, getting it all together. Um, and then just, and then you add just the length and amount of stuff in it. Um, 
but it was it was fun it was cool and it was really cool to get to work with like like i'm a huge dwarves fan so like and i'd met blag before uh because the one of the guys who like recorded a bunch of their records did one of the rejects records and so uh blag like came to the studio one day and i was like oh shit (laughs) and so i nerded out on him and uh so but (laughs) to actually get to record him was fucking awesome and uh and so yeah, it was fun and like getting to do do with the like uh work with a lot of those people like um uh Paul Collins like flew in, stayed the night at my house, sang in my closet, and <laughs> cooked a steak in my <laughs> fucking kitchen. It was awesome. And uh and then like most everyone else besides like Cat and uh and and Blag we did like kind of remotely, but it was so cool to get to like do stuff with all these people. Um and yeah, I, I, you know, and I think there's a lot of really good songs on that record that are overlooked because people don't like some things on it or they just don't want to hear not Ben singing, which I think is crazy because I think Blag's fucking amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I wish more people would give. I mean, I understand not liking some of the stuff because it is like pretty different, but there's some fucking really good, very weaselly songs on there that I think people are missing out on. I actually do like it. it. That's another record that when you first hear it, it's like, this isn't my screeching weasel. And and that's when you come to terms with that. It's like, well, what else was Ben going to call it? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you know, it had to be screeching weasel. It's just so different, you yeah. know, but it is cool though. I mean, it's like Blag kind of makes that record, which is weird. Yeah. And he fucking like went in full on, like he was, it was great. Like he was all about it and really took it serious and really like did everything to like really perform that and like perform a part and dude, he, he fucking killed it. It was awesome. So was that, did you have any, like, did you and Ben sit down and talk about like who would be doing some of that stuff? Or was that kind of like Ben had all that planned out prior? Yeah. He had, he had a lot of, he had all those ideas. I, I kind of just helped him out like with some song stuff and like, cause there was a lot of like weird things with like all the, Oh, I forget. I always forget the term, this opera term for like the songs that aren't really songs. They're just kind of like the, the like dialogue that kind of gets the plot moving along. So there was like a lot of weird songs like that, that I, I, I focused on reining in to make it sound like a record you'd want to like listen to as opposed to like <laughs> yeah. what an offer is. And, uh, <laughs> and then just tightening up those things. And then like just doing what was cool is like, we got to do like some really interesting, different arrangements. And uh, like, there's a song called um, creeping in silence. I always want to call it. Cause originally there was a song that was went back to like uh these ones are bitter and it was called green is the Ivy then. So I always think of it as that, but that song is like this really weird song with this wacky arrangement. And so like I went and just did a whole bunch of like, it goes through all these different like ups and downs and stuff. And I always thought that turned out really cool um, just from like a production side of things. And there's like a lot of things on that record that I understand maybe people not digging the songs as much cause it's not super weaselly, but like, Oh, what's the one song uh, in particular? Hang on, I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm a lonesome wolf, which is like a song I totally get if people aren't into it as a weasel song. But I think he did a cool job singing that. And it's like just a weird, like the production that we, we got together on that song, I think turned out really cool. 
Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm proud of about that record, and uh, and I, and I like it. But it is it's a very long record, and long records are hard for people, and I get that. <laughs> Just looking at that record, it's like God. I can't even remember what's on it. There's so many like songs, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you bummed that there isn't going to be an act two? Um, or what we're he- what I've been told. There's no act two. No, yeah, he's definitely like a um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Bleed through me was 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 like an Act Two song. So like we've okay. we've definitely poached from Act Two, uh, and that's fine. I mean, <laughs> it, it was you know it was hard. It was a it was a lot of work putting that together, and ultimately I think you know I'd rather have I I, I like making a record that's like a record people want to like really jam on. And that's definitely more of like a, you know, I don't know. It takes work to get into that record. <laughs> and I and I like making a record that's just a straight record. Yeah. I saw a picture of Ben Weasel. I think it was on Instagram the other day. And he was something about making some demos. Mm-hmm. You know anything about that? Um, I, uh, I, <laughs> I do know a little. There's been some talk. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like I was saying, there was, you know... There were a lot of songs in the pool when we made the last one, so there's a there's a there's a head start on more stuff to come for sure. So are there songs left over yet from like the uh, um, the bitter album? Is there any of those songs that are kind of still coming up, or from First World that are kind of resurfacing? And yeah, I mean, actually, a couple on the on some freaks uh, like Settle In actually was a These Ones Are Bitter song. Um, and I think it even predated, predated that. I think that was like a sweet black and blue song that band, I really, I think I heard that. Yeah. How Um, does that song, that's always weird. Like how does that song like not make any of the records in between? Cause it's that good. it, It was like a different, there was like a different arrangement and I tried on both bitter and first world to like figure it out and make it work. And there was just always something about it that I was like, ah, I, I couldn't get it to just like click for me. And then it was actually Trevor who, who went and like came up with the arrangement that's on the album and honestly just made it more weasel. Like he just made it a little, <laughs> a little faster, more straightforward. And cause yeah, like the original one had this like organ lead that was like kind of busy. It was, it was, it was weird. Like the, the like the core of the song was still the same, but there was just like a lot of little things that were different. And uh, yeah, it took Trevor just being like the outside ear who hadn't been hearing it for fucking 15 years to go, just do it like this. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that and like uh, that song to hell with you, we had actually recorded that during first world manifesto, but Ben wasn't happy with it. And it was funny because all of us, his manager fat, everybody was like, that song needs to go on the record. That's like a fucking great song. And he was just like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. But I'm kind of happy because I do think the version that we, we recorded is better. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad it waited. So yeah, there's, there's always like little things like that cropping up and, you know, going, revisiting a song that maybe for some reason didn't click before. And then now I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, that was great. Why did we pass that over? I can't imagine like being in the studio and like for you and like having settle in and been working on it for like so long and just never really getting it. And then finally when it does hit, it's got to just be like, 
a good feeling, you know, because I hear it and I'm like, this is this is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so did you like when you heard it, were you just like, this is did you know how good it was? Like you had to have known this was a great record. I, I was really happy with this one for sure. Um, it did take a little bit with the sequencing. We had to go through a couple things to get the sequencing right. But then once we did that, I was I was I was super stoked. I mean, there's a lot of songs uh, like I was really excited about Problematic because um, that's yeah. a song like it's kind of like how um, all of my love on on the last Intruder record is where it's like it it's they sound just like like that sounds like an Intruder song that uh, Problematic sounds like a Weasel song, but they're just different enough that add something new that they've never done before. And those mm-hmm. are the kind of songs that really excite me. Um, and like problematic when Ben Ben's demo had the piano and stuff on it. And I was like, Oh, this is fucking great. Like it's, this is no doubt a screeching weasel song, but it has this new element that's never been in a screeching weasel song. And I fucking love that. Try to tell us, you know, excited when I hear I still get excited when I hear this I get excited when I talk about this record man <laughs> so does that play into the future of Screeching Weasel like if this record hadn't been received so fucking well would Ben not be would he take a longer break or because it was so successful he's like let's let's get back and do it like he's happy you know what I mean like, yeah no I think so I think that is the case Cause he did seem, yeah, this is like, I feel like the quickest he's come back and been like, let's do more except for schadenfreude. (laughs) But I feel like he did say 
after I think he did at some point say, I don't get why people love this one so much. <laughs> so for him, it's just, he just wrote more songs, you know, but I think it has made him excited to do more for sure. That's cool. And I, I really do like how he is sort of trying different things like problematic. Mm-hmm. It is different. You know, it's just, it's making this, these albums so much better because it's, still cool song and it's but it's not just banger after banger you know there's it's mixing up a little bit but it's still truly a screeching weasel sound totally so what else you got going on you got anything else you can reveal coming up um oh man there you know i don't know if i can say anything (laughs) like (laughs) i think i can say something right you've done some stuff with with jeff palmer yeah, is that is it is he is he announced that? Is that okay to say? I don't th- I don't think it's announced. He's doing he's done some other <laughs> stuff that I've mixed. And yeah. yeah. And then I'll, maybe I'll some maybe there'll be some producing <laughs> stuff coming too. I'll, I'll clear it with him if he doesn't if he doesn't, you know. If he Sweet. doesn't like it, then yeah. Um, um So let me ask you like you were talking about producers and stuff um with with your band All American Rejects, are you um are you able to do any of that kind of stuff or? No, I mean, you know, at this point we're, you know, we, we actually fulfilled our contract with Interscope. So we, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Um, and, uh, I don't know though. We, we, the next all American reject records on, uh, what Edmund recordings or what? <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that. We did just, we did an EP on, uh, Epitaph last year or the year before. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I knew that. and so that was, that was a fun thing to get to be like, fucking, you know, email one of my other heroes and be like, Hey, yeah. would you want to do an EP for us? We have these songs recorded. And he was like, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen with, as far as like producing stuff, like the, um, you know, like if I were to credit anyone with me, even knowing what the fuck I'm doing with producing, it's uh, Nick and Tyson, the guitar player and singer in my band, because they just are insane songwriters, insane producers in their own right. And like anything I know about what makes a song good, I've learned from them. So it's it, honestly, whenever we record an album, I'm kind of like just watching and learning <laughs> more than trying to help produce it with stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, we probably could do it on our own. The only thing with us is we need a tiebreaker. I think without someone in the room that we'd all be the tie that would that would be the downfall. Send it to Ben. Be <laughs> totally. Yeah. So let me ask you, do those guys I mean, are those guys big screeching weasel fans like you? No, they were, you know, like we've all came up listening to different stuff. And so Cool. Okay. Yeah. So they they were they weren't ever like into that. Like Chris, our drummer, he was he was like in the punk scene too, but he was always more of like a hardcore kid. Like he loved okay. fucking filth and, and stuff like that. So yeah, we all came from different little different areas and things we liked and somehow made it work together. Yeah. I listened to that. These enzymes thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty harsh for me. That's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't expecting that. I listened to it and I was like, holy shit, this is angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun thing we used to do with a couple of buddies. Uh, when we had like some break between touring and yeah, but I, you know, I love all that stuff too. Like I've always, you know, anything kind of in the punk umbrella, I've always been a fucking nerd for. So I love hardcore as much as I love pop punk. 
So what do those guys think? Like they know that you're doing Screeching Weasel records. They they have to know that Screeching Weasel's you know a pretty big deal for you. Yeah, they were always super stoked for it for the, that I got to do it. So yeah, they've always been super supportive and and all about it. And yeah, and Tyson he actually helped sing some backing vocals on these ones are bitter at one point. So yeah, they they've always been super supportive and cool. That's cool. So, hey, before before I let you go, man, um, I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think of the Ramones tribute albums? Do you ever um, get into those? Yeah, I mean, I had all, I had, I still have all the uh, the selfless ones and selfless Clearview, whatever. Uh, I haven't, I haven't purchased the newer ones yet. <laughs> you don't got Animal Boy. I don't have Animal Boy, but I'll get you Animal Boy. Okay, I got you on that one. Sweet. Um, but. There's another one coming out. Okay. I'm not doing it. The K7s <laughs> from Spain. That's Kurt Baker's other band. Um, they're doing Mondo Bizarro. Oh, that's cool. It's Wait. coming out on Stardom. Mondo Bizarro. Interesting. But that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the one you can do something with, too. And, like, change up things more. They do a pretty good job. I heard it, man. And it's it's mm. cool. I I... I was kind of surprised it was that good, but I was, you know, I put out Animal Boy and that was such a great one. Like the new Rochelle's did such a good job that it's like, you know, like nobody can possibly make one of the, uh, the lesser Ramones albums that good, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the K7s might've done it, dude. It's pretty good. It's coming out. I think it's, it's coming out in February, end of February. So, but I guess that, that record has Poison Heart and Strength to Endure. Those are Strength to Endure. Yeah, great that's songs. Amazing. Think we can play a song? Let's do it. Fucking A.
I'm glad somebody's doing it. You know, I think it's cool. Like even the, even the, I don't know. I don't want to say the crappy records, but you know what I mean? Even the crappy yeah. records. I'm, I'm glad they're continuing on. So I think totally. the only ones that haven't been done are be like uh brain drain then. And what am I missing? Um, Adios Amigos. Adios Amigos. Yeah. And that's now, it. will I mean, someone take the the bold step no, of doing no. acid? <laughs> a cover record no. of a cover record. Because I didn't even like I don't like those songs to begin with, you know. <laughs> that is the uh. the one Ramones record that doesn't have anything I like on it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, man. Yeah, I remember when I got that. I was just like, I didn't really know what it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, even the cover sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah, man. So, um, I won't keep you much longer, dude. So, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It was fun. Yeah, I have to, you know, come back sometime maybe, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you just let me know. Yeah, we'll find something to talk about. And, uh, all right, dude. Um, I'll talk to you later. And I will, uh, I'll send you that stuff. And, um, yeah, let me know what you think. Cool. Well, have a good night and uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, man. You